Hello and welcome to the Bite Sized Gaming Podcast, the podcast that's serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. My name is Zach, and the hosts joining me this evening are John Christian, Troy Sandlin, and Catherine Linquist. Everybody say hi. Hey. Hello. Hello. So let's break down how each podcast works. There's going to be four courses, an appetizer, a main course, a palate cleanser, and a dessert. Each course tackles a different angle on the world of RPGs, and we'll cover exactly what those angles are when we get into each of the segments. You guys ready? Ready. Yeah. Awesome. Let's do it. Let's get started. So our first course is our appetizer course. This is our community pulse where we talk about uh, two or three items that have kind of popped up in the last week or so within the community. Um, These could be new products, things trending on Twitter, announcements, things like that. Um, So I think we've got a smorgasbord of different people bringing stuff to the table today. But the first thing that we're going to talk about, I think, is from John. John, what do you have for us? Yeah, so uh, I actually uh, contributed to the Kickstarter for this one. Uh, It's called Level Up. Uh, It's a raised platform for board and card games and RPGs. And uh, I I think that there's an iteration of it out there in in the sphere somewhere, but this iteration of it is modular, where they focus more on uh, you've got a 2x3 or 3x2 series of panels, where that you can inter- the interlock with one another, and then you have little posts that you can screw into the bottom of it, and you set it up, and then that way you've got this raised platform that you can play your games off of and free up some additional table space around you. And so for me, with a lot of I do a lot of com- convention play and running games at conventions, table space is at a premium. So anything that mm-hmm. I can get to where I can get just a little bit of extra space for comfort for my players, to where I'm not knocking things over or asking people to move things around, this is. It's brilliant, and I absolutely love it. So I've already contributed to it, and I think that they've, I think the the campaign's already ended, but they're going to be able to sell these things for retail later on down the line. So yeah, keep I an did, eye out for those. I saw that you they had a pre order up. So if, if that's yes. something that you're interested in, we'll post a link in the show notes. But you can definitely still get them uh, via pre order. Very cool. It oh. definitely looks pretty sturdy. Yeah, I holds two cats. That's, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> That's awesome. Sold. Shut up and take my money. The two cat stress test right there. Exactly. Well, speaking of Kickstarters, I'll kind of throw out my uh, my appetizer is the unfortunate news that I've been seeing a lot of Kickstarters canceling in the past few weeks. If you're someone who's been following Kickstarters or pledges on Kickstarters, you've probably been seeing those updates too with the uh, virus outbreak. Um, I've been seeing things like they just can't keep up with maintaining the Kickstarter or they're having shipping issues or you know even just a lack of backers in some cases. Um, so mm-hmm. as a whole, I think that's something that we obviously want to rally around those, uh, those creators if they decide to launch their product down the road because this is a source of income for them that they're not getting to have right now in the moment when they need it most. Yeah, here, here. Yeah, that uh, yeah. that really kind of kind of blows. <laughs> Hopefully, none of mine cancel. All the work. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's one of those things where I think oh, most of them will restart and they'll kick back into gear, you know, later in the year. Um, so I don't think that we're going to lose a whole bunch of the products, but I think I, you know, again, it comes down to the income here and now for those creators. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I think the last thing that we have to cover in this segment is from Troy. Troy, you had some news you wanted to talk about. 
Yeah, piggybacking on the unfortunate Kickstarter cancellations, uh, it would appear uh, that WizKids is probably going to back out of Origins and the UK Game Expo. Mm. Um, yeah, so I kind of, I don't know if it's like too early to do this, but I kind of, I don't know. Uh, could could Origins not happen this year, Ooh. you think? Oh, yeah. Um, Maybe part of the reason they decided this early was so that uh, Origins could maybe connect with other backers that might, you know, maybe not provide the same level as um, as WizKids, but maybe at least some enough that Origins could still could still continue. Like maybe that's why they did it this early, so that there would yeah, be enough that's time. A, that's a strong possibility. Yeah, it I was think... also also a possibility was maybe if. If enough cancel early enough, and Origins cancels early enough, they can get their money back from mm. the convention center. Yeah. Mm. I don't know if that's true. I'm not. I am not in like that. But you know, I just I just heard this on, on read this on Twitter mm-hmm. about 20 minutes ago. So yeah. Yeah, and and we are posting this episode. By the time this episode goes live, it's going to be a couple weeks down the road. So it's entirely possible that we'll have some more news in this avenue by that point. But I think, yeah, um, either one of those are certainly possibilities. And um, I, I think or we've, we all knew that Origins was going to be right on the cusp, right? Like yeah. a lot of the predictions, at least at this point, are saying that we're going to be seeing uh, after effects or current effects of this virus up and through May um, at the very least. And so I think everybody was saying, well, Origins being in June, hopefully nothing happens. And I think that this is Wids Kids saying we're not going to wait till the last minute. To determine whether or not we're going and invest a whole bunch of money in this thing we need to pull this trigger yay or nay now and they're deciding it's not worth it um so one way or another that's obviously unfortunate that WizKids is backing out and it's it's unfortunate you know more and but it's also it's unprecedented to see this happen i've i can't imagine a, a a con of that scale and size just rolling up the mat and going home and, and not actually going through with the convention. So yeah. it's going to be really interesting, not only from the the exhibitors that are going to be there or the gamers, how they're ex- uh, impacted by it, but also how the convention itself is impacted. You know, yep. This is their, this is a revenue and a business for them. It's, it's not a nonprofit. So yep. it may be a labor of love, but you know, it's, I'm going to be really interested to see what the impact's going to look like uh, down the road for some of these conventions, especially the smaller ones. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. All right. Well, let's move from that and let's dive into our main course, shall we? All right, let's dig in. So the main course is where we cover a topic. Uh, One of us will kind of take the lead on that topic and we'll just have a roundtable discussion uh, for, I don't know, 15, 30 minutes, something like that. Um, So, Troy, you actually had a – it kind of – I mean, all of this is kind of revolve around – having to learn and adapt over these past few weeks, but you've got a new issue and you wanted to bring it up as a topic. Yeah. Uh, every week I get together at my friendly local game store and play D and D and I happen to have eight people sitting at my table, oh, gosh, including myself. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes. It, it is. It's a large group. Um, now we can't go to the game store. So mm. we have, embraced roll 20 Mm -hmm. 
and last week was my first uh, first time ever using Roll20 or any virtual tabletop for that matter. And eight players on a virtual tabletop is rough. Mm-hmm. At least for this first time VTT noob. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, looking around, I, I, I see people say, oh, yeah, you should only have like four or five people on your virtual tabletop. It makes everything so much easier. It's like, well... I got twice that, so what do I do? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I've I've noticed, or I've noticed that um, because I I play with a group that I met while I lived in Ohio, um, and I'm I'm out of state now, um, so they would all get together, and then I and then one other person sometimes were on on Skype and it seemed like the main issue that we would run into was um, being talked over is that something that you experienced um, a lot of is like lag and stuff like that like crossing over what other people what people were trying to do with their characters actually what I experienced because I, I, I thought what I was going to get was more people role playing since they're not sitting mm-hmm. around the table they're not feeling you know, looked at or, you know, under a microscope, I got less role-playing and less talking in general to the point where I was forgetting. He's like, you know, I haven't heard from so-and-so in a while. Hey, what does your character want to do? You know, uh, it was, it was very strange, but yeah, I, I, I got a little bit of over-talk, but not a lot. It was, I, I instituted right out of the gate. Everybody has to do push from talk, push to talk. Hmm. so we weren't like piling up on top of each other so that was kind of that helped a little bit i think yeah. in that regard but i'll i'll dive in a little bit here um i don't have this many players now but i started a campaign um uh, about a year and a half ago on roll 20 and i had seven players so i'm, I'm right in the boat with you yeah. um <laughs> and what i would say is probably the same thing you've been hearing everywhere else is like if i didn't have video for all seven of those players man it would have been rough and as it was it's still difficult um but yeah i think as even with four or five players you you have a different set of skills social skills that have to be applied in an online game and mm-hmm. it it I can't imagine having eight people. I mean, it's, it's just like, I think of it a lot like a conference call for work, right? If you have, if you have eight, 10, 20 people calling in, you're going to have the two people that are, that like to talk, talking, and you're going to have six people that are quiet, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think you make a really good point about a different set of soft skills that are necessary for it. And in order to maintain the attention at my table, it's easy for me to flail my arms, wave my hands, <laughs> you know, increase my pitch, get a little bit louder, all the good stuff, make funny faces. But if there's like a little blip that they're looking at that equals me on a screen, it's hard. It's really hard with that small amount of real estate to keep people's attention too. And if you've got, it's hard enough to it when you're sitting at the table. If somebody's fiddling with their phone or they're monkeying around with their dice or something like that, and you're trying to keep them engaged, that engagement is really, really difficult whenever they've got two monitors and you see them looking over at one another one, they're playing like Candy Crush or they're playing <laughs> WoW or something like that where you're trying to engage, engage with it, right? And so I think you're right. I think that that's whatever it is, 
that is the best of, of you. What you're the best, the part, best parts of yourself are for creating the story and exuding that engagement. You really have to ratchet it up whenever you're doing an, an online games in order to keep yeah. people att- tuned in to what you're listening to or what you're trying to say. And yeah, what I, would... I definitely think I need to add video because we yeah. didn't do video the last time. Yes. And what I would say also, Troy, and, and, and different strokes for different folks and whatever at this point, but I know it could be a hard thing, but I would almost divide and conquer that group and do a table of four and a table of three um, and just say, you know, hey, look, when we all get together, it's awesome. And we, we have the enjoyment of being around a table and that's worth all of us being there. But when we're playing online in order for everybody to actually get to play and feel like their voice uh, has weight in an evening what we really should do is divide this into two groups i'm happy to run both maybe we can do a bi-weekly thing or something but until we get able to get back in person maybe we should divide it um that would i mean otherwise i think otherwise you're always going to walk away from that table i know i did you're always going to walk away from every session saying man those two people were really quiet today Uh, and and you're always going to have that well and i think i think that's actually that's a good thing, right? So like in anything else in life, you want to try to make lemonade out of the lemons. So you could actually take that, those, if you split it up into a groups of a group of two or two groups, excuse me, you'd split those up and then make that a part of the story. You know, d- never divide the party. What happened? Were they going down rapids in a, in a boat and the boat broke apart? They broke, they went, one went down one rapid, in the like they come to an intersection one went down one the left one went down the right and then at some point it's kind of like uh what it happened in lord of the rings right it's like the prime example of the party was split and there are two different stories that run in parallel to one another and then you can start hearing tales of what's happening with the other party and you incorporate that into the other one and maybe even you think there could be a like a competition that, that goes into it too you're both looking for the same thing you're trying to find it before the other one does you know so you just kind of you just take you take what you're given, which doesn't seem like it's much. You know, it's it's you're having that difficulty with it. You just make it into something. You make those that lemonade out of it. Yeah, right. that sounds, could, sounds like uh, a pretty cool idea. You could even have, um, like, if there are two people who aren't usually as talkative, like maybe a way to encourage um, them to feel like they have room to talk. Maybe is. Uh, is they could be there could be some way that every now and then they could hear from the other party, but it's like just that character and mm. that other character that the players don't talk as much. So then they would have like, you know, because because I've run into a couple of players who like they want to talk but they don't know, uh, they don't feel like they have anything important to say, which of course isn't isn't true for like ninety nine percent of players, but. Um, but then that you could give them something specific to hone in on there. Yeah, give them something to Maybe. talk about. I like mm-hmm. that. I like, and and I think that that would be a cool way to do it is to say like, hey, you know, you guys can chat back and forth. Um, uh, obviously, in you know, in your day to day life about the games, but when it comes to sitting down at the table, these are the two characters that have a communication, uh, the means to communicate, and that that could. I don't know. Yeah, that could work. Especially, I mean, obviously, we mentioned Lord of the Rings, and this, and and in Forgotten Realms, you have a plethora of ways for groups to communicate over long distances. So oh, yeah. you could have some, you could have some, still some inner party interactions, and you could even have players that, if you have a player that, hey, I really like this 
this player, he's doing really well. He's a good addition to all the tables. Maybe he's somebody that could bounce back and forth, you know, or whatever, you know. But I don't know, Troy. I uh, <laughs> I hate I hate to <laughs> I hate for the answer to be don't do it. Um, and I, yeah. I don't. That's not that's not true, right? I mean, you can make it work. Uh, oh yeah, I always. mean, and, and you know, my fingers are crossed that this is only going to be a few weeks anyway. Mm. So you know, this whole. I know it probably won't be, but my fingers are crossed that it's just going to be a few weeks and, uh, and you know, something will happen and we get to go back to the store and everything will be fine. Yeah. And I, I guess the other thing is, and, and what I saw on mine, is that you're almost never, at least in my experience, going to have all seven people show up, right. especially to an online game. So you're almost certainly never going to deal with this consistently. It's just going right. to be that one once a quarter, everybody shows up and it's chaos. Um, most of the other time, it's like four or five, and you're like, "Oh, it's perfect! I'm so glad I invited seven of you because we can still play now." <laughs> or you're on mandatory social distancing, and everybody has so much time on their hands they they want to be there yeah. all the time. Fair enough. <laughs> and maybe part of it is that uh, maybe part of it is that, like you said, your game is usually in person. So mm-hmm. maybe it's just an adjustment period, and you know, here pretty soon, maybe you would be able to try having everybody back together again once people know, you know, more how it works. Yeah, that's entirely yeah, possible. Yeah, that, that could be. That and could be. and also, we all know that, or I think I think you mentioned earlier that um, this is a new thing for everyone at your table, or at least most of them. So well, most of them, yeah. It's going to be a whole bunch of people settling into something new, and they're probably going to get as they get more used to it, it'll become more of a natural exchange yeah i i can only hope (laughs) (laughs) all right uh anything else we want to talk about there troy are we ready to move on i think we're ready to move on i like your everybody's uh, suggestions Uh, those were i hadn't thought about splitting the group um that's that's cool uh i hadn't thought about having people communicate back and forth like that that's that's very interesting awesome yeah. So yeah, very good. Glad we could help. All right. Yeah, let's thank you. let's move on to our palate cleanser segment. So, uh, the palate cleanser segment is where we tell a story of something that happened at one of our tables, um, and then we discuss it. And this this can be a little bit more lighthearted in conversation. We're not going to get into the nitty gritty as much, um, but not always. Um, today, Catherine, you have a story that you're going to bring to us. What what do you got for us? Yeah, I was running a uh, a part of a three-part adventure for a group of people that I had never met before. Hmm. So, like, um, it was already, like, how can I make this uh, engaging and fun for, like, they them as players and their characters, like, in particular kind of a thing. Absolutely. Um, yeah. However, uh, <laughs> the party decided that they were going to, uh, as we just mentioned, never to do, of course, split... <laughs> and, <laughs> and so that they could ward all the people. Uh, and I'm like, oh, great. Now, TPK, very possible. I don't like to do that with people that I don't know personally. Mm. <laughs> uh, I don't even like to do that with people I do know, but that's a different topic. Uh, <laughs> it's I, That's a I'm good gonna... one, though. That's a good topic. We'll have to write that down because I think that's, yeah. that's worthy of a discussion at some point. Sweet. <laughs> um. Anyway, so I'm kind of, 
I'm a, I'm a little bit, oh no, how am I going to, uh, how am I going to make it seem like this is naturally still going to work out, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and I ended up throwing in this level one, level two druid. She was basically there to be with the uh, group of people that did not have a healer on, on their little, like, sub party. And they decide to split up, and at the very last minute, one of them is like, "Hey, why don't we just why don't we just uh, send our new druid friend to go warn this group of people? We'll be okay. We don't, we don't we're tanky. We'll be fine. She can go warn them by herself, and then just you know wild shape and come back." And I'm like, "Oh no! <laughs> now they're <laughs> now they're all going to be in trouble and." They're basically sending her to her death, but okay, I guess. And awesome. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> Better her than me. It's getting worse. <laughs> so, um, the group, the first group goes, they do fine, they're cool. The second group goes, even without a healer, they end up being, you know, better off than the first group, if I remember correctly, so... Okay. They rejoin, and the first thing they do is, where's the druid? Is the druid with you? Is the druid with you? Oh no. And then they all decide to go back to where the druid is, where the situation is is going to be worse by now. So I have to describe, like, you know, you have, you have people, like, fleeing, and you have, um, it was a form of, it was a form of lycanthropy. Um, <laughs> so uh <laughs> all of that um then there was one other druid in the party and he was like nope i am going to go by myself into this place and i'm going to look for this druid and i'm like okay <laughs> um good job you're a hero but uh you're probably gonna get like anthropy like in my head but <laughs> um he so he goes back in and he finds her, he gets her all the way back, and now she's, like, fully transformed and everything. Um, they have to, like, hold her down and do this, like, concoction of, like, a couple of rounds of lay on hands and a couple other things um, that I sort of, like, threw together because, okay, this character wasn't even originally in the adventure, <laughs> but now they're, like, spending half of their time trying to save her. Um, oh. So yeah, and eventually they healed her as far as they could tell, as far as she could tell, and um, and they were super excited, and you know high fives around the table and like general happiness, um, and they all thanked me for running it and stuff, and I was like, yeah, no problem. I mean, you guys basically made up the mod for yourselves, but <laughs> 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 just getting so attached to somebody who is who is just gonna be like a. A pocket healer basically yeah like, well there's it's very interesting there's like i don't know i'm taking a whole bunch of notes here but there's like four different topics that we we could dive into <laughs> from that story <laughs> uh i mean I, I was saying like 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 i said earlier you could there's a whole discussion to be had about do when is it okay to tpk a table of strangers <laughs> um there's a there's a whole topic to be had about um what dealing with a pc that's contracted uh lycanthropy that's a that's a really 
difficult situation, especially with the current rule set. Um, it's it really has no negatives right now in in official in official rules. It has zero negatives and a lot of positives. So dealing with it is frustrating, can be. Um, and then I also wrote down, um, what do you do when a player wants to be a hero, but it's probably going to kill them? Um, and 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 that's a, that's a divergence of of stories or a divergence of plots, right? The, the plot, the main plot is going one way and the player has decided that he feels like it should go a different way. Um, and then, but lastly, yeah, this whole idea of pocket healers. So obviously we can't talk about it all in one episode, but uh, I don't know. You guys want to talk about pocket healers for a minute? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I've, I've got a, my opinion is sometimes you have uh there's always that that elusive thing that the players are trying to chase after, which is the quote unquote well balanced party. Mm. All right, it's like every like I've got at least out of five players, I'll have at least one or two that are like, well, what are you guys playing? And I'll, yep. I'll just play whatever whatever you guys need, right? But for yes. me, as as the as the DM, I'm like, I don't don't worry about it. Let me yep. don't worry about the balanced party thing. Just play something that's interesting to to you and fun to you that's going to be engaging. I'll take care of the rest. And sometimes for smaller groups that's going to end up being a pocket healer, some kind of a minion or a lackey or somebody like a Sherpa that, that has a, a <laughs> lot of like has bags and bags of, uh, of, of healing potions and stuff like that. So I can definitely see the benefit of it, but it's, then there's also the other part of it where there's, that's additional upkeep, right? That's somebody else in the spotlight or somebody that might, might actually should kind of be in the spotlight because they're part, they're a character in it, but they're really just this, faceless automaton that sits off to the sides and chucks healing potions at people uh, on demand. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think that's, that's, I, I, I saw in my mind at least a green light in Catherine's story when she talked about how the party wanted to go back and save her or the Druid and, and talked about the Druid and whatever. It's like, okay, that's a party that is, that has attached themselves to mm. this character, which means that you've at least done the best thing possible with a pocket healer, which is make them something that the party cares about. And they're not just over there hitting the easy button right over and over again. Oh, I need healed. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. That to me says it's a, it's a, it's a character well-placed. And the fact that uh, another, an actual player character was willing to go um, risk their own life to rescue an NPC tells me that we, you have done a good job at, at making that NPC something that, is important. Oh, thanks. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, and the the fact that this was for strangers and not your regular table, yep. you know, says a little bit too. Um, <laughs> but I will play devil's advocate on this Ooh. one. Ooh. You said they're all brand new players, right? Uh, pre pretty new. Pre pretty new? Yeah. Uh, how would you consider... Uh, uh, being a, a DM for strangers, uh, that uh, you maybe have responsibility is kind of a harsh word, but I don't have another word for it. A responsibility to <laughs> to kind of train and teach these new players the you know the the axioms of D and D, like don't split the party, right, right, and you know th <laughs> things of that nature, to where. Mm -hmm. Do you do you show them the error of their ways? Oh, you split the party. I'm gonna hammer on you a lot. You <laughs> sent away the pocket healer that I gave you to help you. Now she's dead. And when you get there, she's torn to pieces. 
and it's all your guys' fault because <laughs> you know three of you went this way Troy right now. <laughs> three of you went this way and three of you went that way and you sent this lone second level druid off to her death. <laughs> How do you feel about that? And it was her right. birthday. Yeah. It was her birthday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should be ashamed. Yeah. Yes. Well, oh, you man. do you do have a point about um you know, you want to make sure that uh newer players do see how it normally works even if it's not how it works currently in that party. Hmm. Like, I can mm-hmm. I I totally I can totally understand that like you don't want them going to other tables or you know, places with the expectation of things working out the same way hmm. if they take a similar path. Yeah, Which, yeah. That that that's my that is my uh, my point right there. If they go to another DM and this DM just totally shreds them for doing exactly what they did and had a blast doing at your table, mm-hmm. and then this DM shreds them. Did you do it? Again, devil's advocate, because I think you did an awesome <laughs> job with what you were thrown. Thanks. But, you know, did you did you set them up for that, or is it their own false expectations of what they should be given at a game table? Yeah, that's a... Oh, man. Gosh. Uh, yeah, there's see? so much yeah. you can Devil's advocate. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that... What, what I heard you say over and over, Troy, is... And I think this is one of those things, is like... When, especially at convention play or at a, a local gaming store, somewhere where you have multiple DMs, you don't know that you're going to have the same DM from adventure to adventure. You're going to encounter different DMs' play style. Mm-hmm. And one might work really well with your party, and the next one might shred you, like you said. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you're going dis- to uncover your favorites, and, and that's a discussion for another time. Um, right. but, but I think that that the end result of this one, right, is that your players had a great time. They're high-fiving each other across the table, as you said. So job well done. Now we yes. pass the we pass the buck to the next DM, and it's yeah. His, yeah. his or her problem to figure out how to take it from there. Yeah. yeah. I personally, I think I would have erred more on, on Catherine's side at the table. Yeah. But then, but then told them, you know, hey, the next table you go to, make sure you tell the DM to observe Wheaton's Law. And let's have fun. <laughs> there we go. All right. Uh, thank you for that story, Catherine. Uh, that was that was great. And we have now like two months worth of topics uh, <laughs> to dive into. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, let's move on to our final segment. Uh, let's see. This one is dessert. These are the hidden gems, the tidbits that we fell in love with this week. So this could be a podcast or a podcast episode. It could be a Discord server, a product uh, some actual play on YouTube, a tweet, whatever you got. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna call an audible right out the gate. Oh, um, I I have something written down. I will save that one because I think I can talk about that in another week in more depth. I am gonna talk about something that I started yesterday, and uh, it's it's real really 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 great. And we talk a lot about D and D on this uh, podcast, but we all love other systems as well and so why not talk about another system for a minute um i started watching the penny arcades call of cthulhu uh last night um they it's a really 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 good group of players 
it's a very short series i think it's only like three or four episodes um i think it's called um call of cthulhu the t the c team um but what i love about it right from the gate is that they are playing it in a western setting and Ooh, uh, nice it's like it's like uh my dad would say it's like peanut butter and tomatoes it's like the perfect marriage <laughs> what, wait, um, what did you say again <laughs> yeah a peanut butter and tomato sandwich is his mm. is his thing um oh, yeah no. yeah um but 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 <laughs> for a moment let's pretend like that's a good example <laughs> sure <laughs> uh, no it's really really cool um because you, you who of us does not like to play hypothetically in a western game mm-hmm. and uh then instead of uh fighting indians or whatever um that you would typically um instead you've got the cthulhu mythos to pull from and um i'm i'm hooked already um through the first episode so uh i would definitely recommend if you're interested in call of cthulhu i think this is a great way of learning the game and if you're an experienced pro in that series i think that you'll find something interesting with the new western motif so that's mine very cool I like that. I I dig the Western how they how a lot of different systems are taking the Western theme and yes, zhuzhing it up a little bit. I like that. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who else has got something? Yeah. So uh, this week, uh, I, w- I want to make sure that I give a shout out to Afternoon Maps. Uh, I'm actually uh, one of their the patrons on Patreon, and uh, this is a a map maker, a cartographer. And their stuff is absolutely brilliant. Uh, this is what I, I kind of, as as a aspiring cartographer myself, these maps are, mm. the, they actually, they make a lot of battle maps more than anything else, right? And they make them uh, for resolution, speci- uh, specifically for virtual tabletops and for print, black and white. So whenever you, you get them from the Patreon, you get them in, in different formats that you can use uh, along different kinds of media. So if you want to use it at your table, they've got it to where you can print it off at Kinko's or FedEx or whatever. And they've got that format there to make it really easy for you. But more than anything else, it's just the absolute stunning quality of these maps. And it's definitely something I'm trying to... That's my trajectory is to... But this guy, this guy, his coloring is absolutely phenomenal. And I absolutely love his art style. Mm. And that's that's a Patreon, right? That, that's what you said? It is, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so they, and it's it's pay by map, so a uh, dollar or two, depending on what tier you're in, per map that you get out of it. But when it, once you, uh, if once you're in, and you get you become a Patreon, you've got access to his entire archive of, of maps, and there are tons and tons and tons, dozens upon dozens of maps, high quality, high res maps that you can get access to. Dude, that's really. awesome. Afternoon oh maps. Goodness. We're going to post about this in the show notes along with everything else um, so you guys can check it out if you want to. I, I just signed up to be a Patreon as we talked. <laughs> <laughs> One yes. more. These are, these are fantastic. They really are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Love it. Any time that we get to spend Troy's money is a good time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, never mind. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Troy, what do you have for us? You got anything for us this week? I do, and uh, I have you to thank for it, as I 
apparently I have to thank uh, for all my money expenditures lately. <laughs> uh, something that just popped up. Sharn, City of Blood on the D Dungeon Master's Guild. Alex Clippinger comes at us again. Uh, for those of you that, that, that frequent the DM's Guild, um, he's a rather prolific uh, hmm. contributor here. And this is uh, Eberron, and it looks to be a mystery with a very, uh, you know, pulpy uh, theme. Hmm. It looks really, really cool. The Third cover. Fifth level. The cover looks excellent. I bought it on cover alone and then actually read the stuff about it. <laughs> luckily, <laughs> luckily, since I knew since I knew it was from uh, Alice Clippinger, I knew it wasn't going to be too much of a gamble. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it looks fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, Steel Eye Dixon is the uh, is the Warforged on the cover there. Yeah, murder mystery all over Sharn. Uh, yeah, this is going to be great. You know, pulling out the old uh, 1920s uh, slang and and uh, mob talk. Yes, that that transatlantic accent, I think, is what they call it. Yeah. It's... Oh, a wise guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, awesome, awesome. Yeah, we you you should definitely check it out. I haven't gotten to pick it up yet, but I will be. Um, and uh, Sharn, City of Blood by Alex Clippinger on the DMs Guild. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap us up for today. Really appreciate you guys coming on and uh, joining us for all this. And we'll see you next time. Sounds great. Y'all have a good week and stay safe. Yep. Take care, everybody.